Hello again, this is Alan Anderson, the conservative one, on episode three, and we are going to be exclusively talking about the, uh, well, I guess the re-election of Trump, but it will be through impeachment. And that sounds kind of funny, but it's not. Um, well, it is kind of funny if you watch the impeachment hearings because it is so bogus, but um, it's not necessarily the impeachment that's bogus, but who they're calling to testify as well as just the J Democrats in general are just overall a very much an embarrassment to our country. So I don't mean to sound biased, but it's a very objective statement. Um, I think anybody with a brain would affirm what I had just said if they're speaking honestly. So not to be too mean from the get-go, but I do not want my conservative friends out there to fret. This is not something that is going to impact negatively Trump in 2020. In fact, it will do the exact opposite. And the reason why is because of these people's zeal and ideological worship of their hatred towards Trump um, that will persuade those on the fence, um, on the Trump fence, uh, towards actually jumping over the fence on the Trump side. So that's going to, to happen here uh, as these impeachment hearings go on. Okay, so all of Adam Schiff's nonsense and all of his uh, little hacks that he has next to him asking these softball questions towards these um, obviously Ivy League um, ideologues, um, just telling them what they want to hear. They're pretty much just New York, you know, New York Times uh, editorial page authors that do nothing but write nonsense about Trump uh, on on their part-time work and then work at Ivy League schools during the daytime indoctrinating kids in law school. So that's why we have a bunch of um, crazy lawyers coming out of these Ivy Leagues that are bent uh, on getting rid of Trump as well as uh, leftists just uh, trying to get rid of any freedom or liberty that's left after stomping out every conservative they can. Um, so they're, what the Democrats are doing is redirecting any attention from what can be done legislatively to what they're trying to do, which is get rid of Trump. Okay, So they're taking a lot of the pressure off themselves to actually do their job, to kind of morph reality into convincing people in the public that their job is to get rid of the president because they're trying to fabricate some sort of quote-unquote constitutional crisis. Um, like they really gave a damn back when Obama was breaking constitutionality uh, or breaking laws that uh, just crapped all over the Constitution um, back when he was in office. But uh, now they're willing to break their back in order to, you know, for, for the Constitution itself, obviously, um, and then pretend like they're some constitutional scholar in the process of doing so. They never cared about the Constitution. They never do. But naturally speaking, to be a Democrat, you must not care about the Constitution because the very uh, tendencies that Democrats tend to have are not constitutional. They're very big in scope, which the Constitution is a limiting doc document uh, telling you what the government can't do. 
Okay, so all of these rights that the Democrats think we have are not rights at all. They're rights they're fabricating themselves because the Constitution is protecting rights that are God-given and inalienable. The rights to a, say, a free college is not something that God had granted us from creation. The right to medical coverage is not a right that God gave to us. Obviously, they're creating rights, especially like the right to marriage for all people. Well, if you want to marry your toaster, that's not a God-given right. Or if you want to marry someone of the same sex, the same principle applies because marriage is by definition between a male and a female. But I'm getting a little off track. So and now they're all upset because they think that there is a constitutional crisis based upon the way Trump allegedly behaved. So no, no evidence has ever been submitted or presented in a convincing fashion that would ever tell anybody that Trump uh, did any of the things or was acting in a constitutional fashion uh, during the course of his uh, presidency. So. What's going to happen, obviously, is that this is going to eventually getting uh, he, he's eventually going to get impeached in the House. I'm convinced of it, which is totally fine because that's what I want. I want uh, the Senate to handle it so people like Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, Ben Sass can start questioning idiots like Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and Adam Schiff. Please, please, dear God, to happen. I hope that happens. But. Let's go ahead and, and take a quick history lesson. The people even that they uh, testified on this, or the people who testified this week, uh, Miss Carlin, for instance, was even wanting to impeach Trump prior to him taking office. Okay, so they were always, the people on the left have always been looking for something that they could use to impeach Trump. For instance, the Russia nonsense. Obviously, the Mueller report stomped out any sort of hope that the Democrats had for impeachment using the Russia nonsense. Stormy Daniels, of course, um, the porn star that I, I, I don't even know why this is in the news. This is so stupid. I don't know why that this was ever an issue. Trump is a notorious uh, adulterer in the past. I mean, he even admitted to it, obviously. This is not a big deal, but of course, um, her and her wretched attorney tried to cause some ruckus in the past, and of course that translates into impeachment for uh, the Democrats because they look at anything like a sign of impeachment. Tax records nonsense. They tried to say that he was hiding something in his income records that uh, somehow would reveal that he did something impeachable. And now this Ukraine nonsense, saying that he was on the pres he was on the phone with the president of Ukraine, and somehow there was a uh, quid pro quo, and that during the course of this conversation that Trump pressured the president of Ukraine into getting um, something that he wanted politically, uh, that would be beneficial to him, um, not only personally, but politically, because he was trying to target Joe Biden. Um, well, this is going to be really embarrassing, but Joe Biden also uh, threatened, or not also, but did threaten the Ukraine uh, by withholding um, aid while he was in office as the vice president um, because he didn't like uh, the attorney general at the time in Ukraine who was 
actually investigating corruption at Burisma, which is Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's employer, or at least Hunter Biden was sitting on the board making around fifty or sixty thousand dollars a month when he had no exper- expertise in energy at all. This dude is making more money per month than I make per year. So that's pretty impressive having no experience in all and it seems on the up and up absolutely not not going to happen. Nobody's buying it. So having Joe Biden off the hook, you know, free and clear while trying to say that when President Trump was on the phone with the Ukrainian president asking him to look into corruption which may or may not include Joe Biden Um, I would say that's perfectly within his purview if he's asking for an investigation of corruption. And if that happens to include Joe Biden, that's not the president's fault. That's Joe Biden's fault for being involved in corruption. But the fact of the matter is leftists are power hungry and they will go after anybody and anything to achieve power. That's what we're seeing now. They hate Donald Trump because he is not beholden to them in any way. He's a rich man already. He was a powerful man before office. And he goes in there like a bull in a china shop just tearing up crap, right? He just goes in and doesn't really care. He has absolutely no filter. He will just say things. He doesn't – I mean he'll get on Twitter. I This this dude will just put out anything and just says, I don't, I don't care. I bet you he's on the pot right now putting out a tweet. Um, actually, it's funny because the, now that I think about it, he hasn't really put out a really weird tweet in, in a couple of days. I'm kind of worried about him. So, I mean, uh, an Emerson poll in November found that 43% of voters overall supporting impeachment compared, by, uh, compared with 45% opposed. That represents a six-point swing from the pollster survey in October. It's a downswing. It's getting less popular, this impeachment. You know why? The, you know what that says? It says that people are getting tired of hearing the same old nonsense being spewed over and over and replayed on, on repeat. It's constant. And it's getting tiring. It's getting taxing on the people. People do not want to hear about the same old things without having any new information or any new evidence being brought up. It is tiring to hear. So... I still feel that the impeachment will play a huge role in Trump's re-election. I really, really uh, cannot wait for the night re-election happens because you're going to see tears galore from the leftists. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how many black voters are going to be supporting Trump this uh, well next year because the black community is... Uh, voting or supporting Trump far more than any other uh, Republican presidential nominee in the past. For instance, most Republican um, presidential nominees, or at least candidates in this case, Trump will be um, somebody who's running again, they typically have single-digit support from the black community. Trump has over 30, and that should frighten the Democrats, and the reason why it should frighten them is because of the fact that the, the, the Republican candidate has never had this much support, and the black uh, community has traditionally gone to the Democratic candidate, and at least over the last, oh geez, I would say probably since the 1940s, where the uh, 
Democratic support has gone, or at least the black support has gone to the Democratic candidate in large part. So if the Republicans can slowly gain the black community's trust and have the votes go to them rather than wasted on the Democrats, they're going to see more wins than they've ever seen before. Even though they encompass around 15% of the national population here in the United States, their, their votes count extraordinarily high because vote or because votes, or rather, elections can be won by a matter of one or two percentage of percentage points. And if you have a 15% uh, group of people out there that can significantly sway the election, absolutely it's going to matter. The reason why it's important that the black community um, is acknowledging the fact that Trump has done well is because they have economically benefited from Trump's presidency more so than any other president that they probably lived under. Um, the economy is booming like crazy. It's, it's at 50-year highs right now, especially the unemployment rate. And people within the black community are especially benefiting from it because of the fact that um, uh, low-skilled labor jobs are up on the rise, absolutely. And unfortunately speaking, that uh, black communities tend to be le uh, lower or have lesser education than that of their counterparts in the white community or Asian community. Okay. Uh, so we need to be looking out for those who aren't necessarily as educated and be putting into practice policies that will help those communities with people who aren't as educated. So if we can deregulate industries that will open up jobs for people with that fit that demographic, they are going to notice and they are going to have an economic, um, they are going to be in an economic position to where they could better provide for their families. This is another reason why the impeachment isn't really going to negatively impact Trump because people in all various communities, but especially the black community, they're finding themselves in a position where they're doing far better than they were under Obama. And that might seem offensive to the white liberal living in his mother's basement, but it's absolutely true. So the leftists may feel confident right now that, you know, they're, you know, internet infidels on social media talking crap about President Trump and how mean and bad he is and orange and yellow and all that nonsense. Um, but they're not going to feel confident when it comes time to go to the voting booth and that Trump will win in a very large majority, okay, because of the factors that I just laid out here. None of this is going to matter unless something tragic comes uh, comes out and is revealed that nobody is privy to at this point. Um, I just don't see there being any negative impact again on Trump right now. And of course, Trump has stereotypically and historically been polarizing as a candidate. But that's because we're living in an age of this weird political correctness. Um, 
we shouldn't be living in an age of political correctness, but Trump is breaking that down. And I think ultimately, when we look back on Trump in 10, 20, 30 years or so, or um, and or more rather, um, we're going to see Trump as a very good president. Same was true with Ronald Reagan. He was a very polarizing president. Um, wasn't necessarily all that likable, other than the fact that he was a very likable guy. But generally speaking, in the media... Uh, he wasn't a very likable guy, okay? I think people liked him uh, because he was likable as a person, but the media figures didn't like him. They thought he was crazy. And the same is true with Donald Trump. Like, he's a likable guy. I think I would love to sit down and have a beer with the guy. I think he's, a, yeah, I think he's funny as hell. But there isn't anything uh, that I could necessarily pinpoint that the media likes about him. They just seem to hate him all around. But that's obviously going to come to pass once his election comes around and he is easily uh, a, a two-term pre president. So thank you so much for watching this week, or listening, I should say, this week. Um, thank you so much for those who are listening so early in my podcast. This is a very young podcast. I have coupled this with a... Um, uh, a blog post. So if you want to read that, it's a very short one, um, but I would encourage you to read it nonetheless. It won't take you but a couple minutes. Um, I will put out another podcast next week for you guys. Um, I really do like speaking into the microphone and, and putting my thoughts out there so anybody can find encouragement. Um, there are more of us out there than you imagine. Um, us conservatives often live in the darkness because we can't be too public while we're out with our friends, even though I am, because I'm that guy who's the conservative one, right? So I encourage you to uh, be loud and outspoken, uh, knowledgeable, uh, and gracious. I love you guys. We'll talk at you next week. God bless.